Yeah, actually, um, right about now, we'll get to that. So, all right. Um, so I, I proposed a because we're ending 2019, and we're getting into 2020 soon. So I proposed a top 10 comic book films of the decade. Man, this is Mental Theater. Josh and I have come up with a list, which we will read to you now. Do you want to read our whole list? or Yeah, the whole list. The whole list? From okay. 10 to 1. 10 to 1. Do you want to start? Want me to start? I'll go first. Okay. So number 10, Wonder Woman. Obviously, Josh has a very esoteric list. The numbers are a factor here. I do think on my list, it was the 10th best movie out of what's on this list, but also 10 is the number of completion. And... We all know how I feel about Wonder Woman. She's a, a very complete character, mind, body, and definitely soul. Number nine, Black Panther. Okay. Which is also the day that I was born on. As I'm sure you guys Googled, me and Michael B. Jordan have the same birthday. So that's why number nine. And also I think it's the ninth best on this list as well. But, okay, let me just back up for a second. All right, go ahead. Besides your numbers, uh correlation the movies itself wonder woman black panther what do you like about the movies themselves right but i'm saying on list as a whole okay so we're gonna just go through the list first and then we can go back and okay okay all right go right ahead. okay so then number eight was captain america civil war okay brilliant film that uh that was one of the films that was really pulling me into the marvel cinematic universe so i have okay. to give it give it that uh, number seven, I guess the the one that started it all in this decade, which would be Avengers, the original movie. Yes. So I thought that was well done. It was Disney and Marvel letting you know they knew exactly what they were doing, and they had vision for the entire universe, which was fantastic. Okay. Number six, Logan. Mar- you know, Marvel's Dark Knight. So I I gave I thought that was a a wonderful film. It was very great character development and resolution. So we'll we'll get into that later. Okay. And number five, Doctor Strange. That I love that movie. That was uh that was very very clever film. Um, and I love the things that it introduced into the universe, which made, I guess, Endgame and Infinity Wars possible. Okay. Number four, Thor Ragnarok. Okay. I was so proud of his character arc. Okay. It makes sense. And especially into Infinity War. Okay. Oh, man. But again, it's because of my third favorite, which is Endgame. Okay. This ruined it, ruined that uh, arc for me greatly. (laughs) Number two is obvious. We have to have some more DC films in here, right? So The Dark Knight Rises. Okay. I thought that was a wonderful salute to Batman and that that trilogy by Christopher Nolan, my favorite director. Bane. Okay. Oh, Bane was a formidable force. Again, in a very authentic way. We know that Batman's going to win, but in Christopher Nolan's films, I honestly thought he was not going to win. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I'm ashamed to say I gave up on Bruce in terms of like logically, like okay. there's, no, there's no way. Right. And then it's just like, oh, masterful. And the number one, because this this is what really made me come, you know, cannonball into the Marvel Cinematic Universe was Infinity War. Okay. That's number one. Okay. Sounds like it. So your list now, sir. 
Okay, so um, number 10 for me, Josh mentioned it already, uh, TDK Rises or The Dark Knight Rises, which was the third movie in the Nolan trilogy. So I guess we'll talk about later why I like it so much, but it was great. Um, I have Endgame at number nine, actually, hmm. surprisingly, uh, for a lot of people. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you why in a little bit. Eight, uh, which is a movie that Josh hasn't seen yet. Hopefully he does, but probably won't. But Spider Man Into the Spider Verse, yeah. which is number eight. For I knew me. that. I knew that was going to be on yours. Yeah, it's 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 a great movie. Actually, it's the best Spider Man film of all the films, actually, and and in, in my opinion. Uh, I think uh, Mr. Uh, Toby Maguire has something to say about that. That his movies weren't as good. I don't know what he was going to say. Well, know. Joshua Waring is saying that it was much better. <laughs> um, seven, just to bring some. Um, Fox into the picture. X Men: Days of Future Past. Trash. I know that was a good. That's probably you. Had, you just had to throw X Men in there, <laughs> and I didn't have that sentiment because of these new, you know, Dark Phoenix. Phoenix. Dark Phoenix was trash. Um, what was the other one? I don't know, but that was trash too. Uh, but Wait, Days of Future, huh? Days of Future Past didn't. Was that the one with Rihanna in it? Rihanna was that one. Man, I'm thinking about something else. Maybe that was Battleship. Never mind. Okay. Um, number six, Infinity War, which is just a great, great movie. Number six, wow. yeah. Watch this. Number five, Logan, which you had on your list too. Um, also, also, I'm gonna get into something about that later. Number four, Joker, which um, comic book DC film, and yeah, we know about Joker right now. Number three, maybe surprise for Josh, Guardians of the Galaxy one. The first Guardians movie. Yeah. I, I thought. I, I, I couldn't get into it. Before. Okay. I thought it was amazing. Number one. I'm sorry. Number two. Yeah. Mike likes popcorn flicks. We see I this. don't. I don't. Number two. Hey, Avengers. <laughs> Avengers one. Um, which again, like Josh introduced the whole. This was. It just was great. I'll get it to a little bit. And number one for me. Captain America. The Winter Soldier. Interesting. Not Civil War. And I'll get it to why. Um, <laughs> you know, in, in a second, but that's my list, different from Josh's. Um, and I've been collecting lists, by the way, from other people, and uh, everyone's list is different. It's amazing that we all see these films differently, and they're all based off comic books. But I haven't had an identical list yet, and most of them, eight out of the ten movies, are different from the other movies. So it's it's amazing to me how we watch the same things but see them so differently. It's true, and shout out to Tony Stark Jr. Shout out to my man Tony. Gave me a list. My brother Nate. Nate Dog Gave me a list. Uh, my boy Ricky uh, gave me a list. So I was actually telling Mike here that I also have someone I consider a brother named Nate. Right. And I actually was interviewed in this office at this table by an FBI agent because he's in the Air Force. So I was his character witness, which is dope. I was very honored to have that. That is dope. So shout out to Nate Dog, And he also walked on at the University of Miami, played football there, and was also a track star there too. Shout out to the U. But uh, so in the interview with the FBI agent, so he, he asked me to describe Nate, and I was literally like, the best way I can describe him is a young Tony Stark. With intelligent-wise, just not the personality, if that makes sense. Makes sense. Because he's in aerospace engineering, and he he would be he's gonna be making his own airplanes one day. Well, actually, we are probably 
we're gonna make our own version of the Quinjet. Right, right, right. Which should be a lot of fun. More about and I Marvel. said I was like I was more Bruce Wayne. Right, but always, like, always, yeah. You know, superhero wise, yeah. But also like personality wise too. Maybe without that that uh that darkness a little bit, but I could see that though. But you said without, yeah. Interesting. So you you've uh, fallen for. The angelic presence. <laughs> I guess I have. I don't know. Right. It, it happens, you know. Um. So, tell me why. Why is Wonder Woman 10? Why is Black Panther 9? Before we get into Josh's reasons why he uh, had his uh, ridiculous top 10, uh, let's get into the other list that we have that I mentioned earlier. Uh, shout out to my man, Anthony, Tony. Nate Dog And, and my Tony bro. Tony Stark Jr. <laughs> and my bro, Nate Dizzle. And, and some of their lists. By the way, go check out Nate's, excuse me, Tony's YouTube channel. Yes, uh, and now your mama knows it's called. Um, it's really, really good. A lot of insight. Talks about a lot of different products and also some vlogging uh, that he does as well. So I'm going to start with Nate's list. Nate, Nate's list, as I was telling Josh, was done on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, right after dinner, uh, we <laughs> sat down talking about my podcast, and we made a list. Nate. My mother and him. She had another list herself. Shout out to Mama Bear, who Shout who loved the original Captain America. Her favorite was the original Captain America. Um, she loved that movie, um, set in the nineteen forties. But so she's probably gonna absolutely adore Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. I'm sure she will. I'm sure she will. That night, actually, um, some of the movies she hadn't seen, we set her up to watch on like uh, Netflix or whatever it was. So she hadn't seen Infinity War. Um, she hasn't seen Into the Spider-Verse or Ragnarok. So her list is maybe not fair because she hasn't seen a few, but she did watch them all since then. So shout out to mom. Hopefully uh, we can get a new list for her now she watched those. So Nate's list is probably the most eccentric of all the lists that I have. So let's remember that these are movies based off of comic book from 2010 to 2020. The reason I say that because people might think they're called superhero movies, but no, comic book films. So I'm gonna go um, down to uh, to uh, from from ten to one, just like I did for 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 ours. So number ten, a movie called uh, Full Metal uh, Alchemist. It's called, and it's actually based off a comic book. Um, Is that the anime one? I think it is anime. Because my boy, he loves that as well. Yeah, well, look at that. <laughs> Nate's not. Nate's an eccentric person, too, by the way. But I love, I love my bro. Also, Michael B. Jordan loves cartoons as well. Interesting. So I actually have an idea for cartoons in the future. Because we know a lot of people with some very uh, expressive voices, let's say. There we go. Uh, number nine, a movie called Bleach. And some of these are, are like uh, Hulu movies or Netflix movies. But they are movies. And they're based on comic books. Uh, number eight. Uh, I Killed Giants, which is also based off a comic book. Uh, number seven, look at that, making an appearance. X-Men Days of Futures Past, which uh, is on my list as well. Number six. Trash. <laughs> <laughs> Logan. All right. Uh, number five, Venom, and a surprise appearance there. All right. Did you see Venom? Not yet. That's on the list. Okay. Uh, number four, you know what's funny? I actually liked this movie when it came out, and I didn't know it was based off a comic book, but Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, which also has Chris Evans in it, and I, I like that movie. Okay. Actually. Um, now, um, number three is a surprise probably amongst most comic book movie-going fans, Green Lantern. <laughs> <laughs> he actually likes the Green Lantern, you know? All right. Give it up to Nate. Uh, 
Number two, which I didn't know was based off a comic book, and it was a good movie. I liked it. Uh, Kick-Ass was on uh, his list. Did you see Kick-Ass? What year did that come out? Uh, I believe 2011. Yeah. It felt like it was in 2009 or something. No, no, no. 11. Interesting. And, and number one, he looked. He checked. He did. He, did, he, did <laughs> he made sure. And number one, uh, the first Deadpool. Uh, okay. That's Ryan fair. Reynolds, Ted Miller directing. So he's got this, in his top three. There's two Ryan Reynolds movies. So safe to say he's a he's a Ryan Reynolds fan. Bit of a crush, I see. <laughs> Bit of a crush. So shout out to me once again. Now I'm going to go to Tony's list, which he sent me. Uh, by text as well, and I, I hounded him for this list. Hounded? I hounded him. I needed. I needed the list because you know what's going on here. Um, so number ten, like someone else I know, Wonder Woman. Ooh, okay. <laughs> uh, number nine, Deadpool two, and a surprising twist. Trash. I agree. <laughs> uh, now Tony's list, you'll see a bit of a correlation with. Uh, DC. He's a big DC fan. I can tell because isn't Man of Steel on here? It is. Uh, so number nine was Deadpool two. Uh, number eight, Aquaman. Nice. That's in my honorable mention, which we'll be talking about before we get into it. Okay. Number seven, Batman v Superman, which I didn't like at all. <laughs> uh, number six, another Chris Evans movie that was based off a comic book, The Losers. That's not Captain America. Interesting. It's interesting. Very interesting. Never heard of any of these. You ever heard of The Losers? Or the other one. Or uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World? Oh, Scott Pilgrim, yeah. Okay. Actually, um, yeah, yeah. The Losers, wow, you gotta watch that. We'll talk about that later. Idris Elba's in that, actually, and Zoe Saldana. It's a really good movie. What's it called? The Losers. The Losers, yeah. Just that. I mean, what's the premise of the film? Uh, Ragtag group, um, all different skill set gets together. The Expendables? Kind of like that, but... But where's the superpowers? It's based on a, 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 a comic book. It's not a superpower or whatnot. So this the A-Team or something? Kind of like the A-Team or anything. Yeah, because um, uh, there's like a leader. Stuff like, it's a good movie. Though. That's fair. All right. Uh, number five, Man of Steel, like you were talking about. Interesting. Uh, number four, Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok. Mine was also... My fourth was also Ragnarok. Wow, interesting. You're, you're, so you're 10 and 4 are the same. Yeah. Uh, number three. 10 4. Uh, <laughs> the Winter Soldier. Um, Had that number eight. Number two, The Avengers original. Had that number seven. And number one, Endgame. Avengers. Had that Endgame. number three. So you guys are pretty, you guys, are, you guys are th- think alike. Yeah, you know? there's, there's some overlap. There's definitely some, some, uh, some overlap. And, um, if I can, there's actually one more I want to read, and it's a surprise twist, uh, which my guy Ricky. I've been gathering lists just to kind of see what everybody likes um, here. So I want to read his list, too. Um, is this his list or this is his, no, this is his co-worker's list? There we go. So I'm going to be quick with his. Number 10, Winter Soldier. Number 9, Spider-Man Far From Home. Wait, who's this? Is this again? Uh, my friend Ricky. Shout out to Ricky, who also gave me a list. Uh, Slick Rick. Check out my friends involved. Uh, ironically, uh, my friend Chris, who's a huge comic book fan. I've probably seen half his movies with Chris, but he's just like, yo, I can't give you a list. I love them all so much. I can't put them in order. He's like, I can take 10. No, see, I don't accept that. I'm going to be even more ruthless. I'm going to be Ruth Chris with Chris. <laughs> and I'm going to be like, yo, give me a top three. <laughs> 
I tried, bro. I really did. Uh, but Ricky, 10 Winter Soldier, 9 Spider-Man Far From Home, 8 Wonder Woman, which is now on three out of four lists, okay? Um, she is wonderful. 7, Ant-Man and the Wasp, actually. Yeah. Interesting. I know. Do you see that? After Endgame. Okay. Uh, six, Civil War. Um, five, uh, Ragnarok again. The Ragnarok. Mm. Four, Dark Knight Rises. All right. Three, this really got me. Guardians 2, actually. Which, okay. Uh, I mean, I still put it in the same category as Guardians 1, so... I'm just as confused as you with your <laughs> list. <laughs> number two, Joker. And number one, again, Endgame. <sighs> I know. So Endgame's been up there. I don't know. It's like a recency bias, maybe. or That could uh, be it. I mean, there was a lot of heartstrings in there. so Yeah. So those are just a few lists that we also gathered around some... Um, some uh, some similarities, some differences, and if you got a list out there, you're listening yourself. We would love to, you know, see what you got going on too. But let's talk about Josh and his track. I mean, his uh, his list, and uh, and uh, why he picked what he picked, what he, what he was about to get into. So, what do you got, Josh? Right, and like we said before, we get into the explanations of the top ten. I just have to give a very respectful, honorable mention to Aquaman, Joker. And I, I I will put Guardians, first Guardians in there. There we go. There we go. We top 11. Okay, we'll take that. It's because of the other Chris, Chris Pratt, obviously. And, okay. And Zoe, obviously. Mm -hmm. Gamora. All right. All right, so first. starting with number 10, Wonder Woman. So what I did, and I was as I was telling Mike off camera, I wanted to have three main reasons for each film as to why I enjoyed it so much and thought it was worthy of being on the top 10 of the decade. Okay. So for Wonder Woman, I love how, the first thing is how, I love how they were, they created a new world. So having, you know, was it Mount, was it Mount, not a Mount Olympus, but what do they call the? Oh, uh, I can't remember. But is but it yeah, Mount Olympus? I don't know. Right, wherever her homeland, home world is and yeah. how it was hidden from society. So yeah. Similar to Wakanda. It's dope, yeah. So I love how they were still keeping the their uh, customs that yeah. have been around for centuries. Since, Amazonians, yeah. Right. Since, so I guess the Amazon. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mike. There we go. There we go. I'm always on point. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I love how they had their own, you know, politics, kingdom. And essentially, yeah, essentially like Wakanda doing their own thing that is – you could argue thriving better than the world outside of it. Yeah. So I, I love that ability because sometimes I feel like we assume that you have to join the world to have a better world. And that's not right. always the case. You know what I mean? So the second reason was I love the versatility of the fighting classes. So you have someone like Diana's people, the Amazonians. Mm -hmm. You had the humanity with the Chris Pine character. Mm -hmm. But then you also had the actual God of War himself. Yes. So you had those different power classes and different fighting classes. I thought that was a very fair representation of what happens when, you know, different things clash in a, a believable way. And I would say more believable than Man of Steel. Okay. Because as we talked about this before, it's kind of like, like I said, it's kind of like Superman fighting Thor. Like your punches aren't affecting each other. Like what, what else are you going to do? Right. I get it. So, it's you know, sometimes it can be a little too overpowered. I know that's the uh, trending term when it mm -hmm. comes to 
the, you know, the gaming world and the film with superheroes, things are some things are a little too overpowered. I agree. They're not uh, grounded. I agree with that. And I love how, and maybe your mom probably liked this as well, I just love how she stuck out at a sore thumb, as a sore thumb everywhere because she was a woman who spoke her mind. Yeah. And then also act upon what she knew was right, which was dope. Mm-hmm. So that's Wonder Woman. Woman. Number nine. That's what I definitely want to hear about this one. Black Panther. I love the story parallels with T'Challa and the Killmonger. And it reminded me like clashing forces like atoms. They were just drawn to one another. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that united them was Klo, mm-hmm. who's been pillaging from, mm-hmm. you know, pillaging vibranium for what, decades 30 now. Years, yeah. And Killmonger knew that was the way in. Right. Like, I want to get in the back door. That's the guy. And then the other aspect was, I just love Andy Serkis as Claw in general. Yeah, this is good. I thought Andy Serkis's Claw was amazing. Right. I, I I loved him as Claw. Even in um, uh, Age of Ultron, he was good as Claw. But this one, I thought he was good. And I actually thought he was underused as Claw. He was so good. But but continue though. Yeah, I agree completely. And you know, it's just one of those things. I think it was more contractual and time based since he was Supreme Leader Snoke. <laughs> That's true too. And then the third reason, I actually love how we saw T'Challa truly get challenged multiple times. And he, you know, took him to the brink of death in order to conquer and actually truly earn the right to be the king of Wakanda. And I probably, this is probably why, besides Batman, I would say T'Challa, you know, obviously Bruce Wayne as well, Mm -hmm. but T'Challa and Thor odin's son son of odin they really connect with me because all of them are essentially kings of slain kings which is very powerful for me interesting so i can honestly i'm calling it now i can see a lot of let's say uh popping in and out of worlds and universes in the marvel movies going forward especially since the the major avengers are kind of gone now with Mm -hmm. cap and and iron man Mm -hmm. so it's really up to thor and you know and Panther. Absolutely. Yeah. So I can see instances where, and I, I would also say that their powers complement each other, each other a lot as well. So I can see them crossing over into each other's solo films going forward in the future. I could, I could possibly see that. Keep going. Eight. Number eight, Captain America Civil War. So I'll get into this later. Actually, the next one with Avengers. But as a poli sci major myself, I loved it that Tony's standpoint on the Civil War was accountability. So you agree you were on Tony's side? I was. Okay. And that's the second reason why I loved it because it actually had true divide with fans and heroes. Like Jazz and I disagreed. Okay. So I loved that even better, but it was very authentic. Mm-hmm. And going back to original point, I love the, the, you know, the story arcs with Cap and also Tony and how Tony over time slowly discovered the truth. Yeah, and we didn't learn until the end that Cap actually knew. So mm-hmm. if you actually, you know, whereas uh, if your moral compass was as north as you claim, Captain America, you would actually told Tony before before it escalated into what it escalated to. Mm-hmm. You know, fighting on the streets of Germany. Right. And then the third part was, oh, the amazing battle sequences. Are you kidding me? The airport scene, twenty minutes long. It's really good. 
especially the end one with the choreography and how there's two people fighting. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, that, yeah, that was masterful. I love that. And was that also Rooster Brothers? That was. Yeah, they. Yeah. They <laughs> do their thing. They're good. Yeah. Except for Twenty One Bridges, apparently, but that's another story. Apparently, people really love that. The audience do. Critics don't. So it's one of those weird, uh, weird things. Perhaps well. it could be the lead. <laughs> could, could be. I'm gonna watch. Oh, I'm gonna watch that tonight. Actually, when I leave here, so I'm gonna give my opinion on that soon. All right. Number seven, the Avengers. What I love the most about the Avengers is that they leverage the success at the right time with the success of Iron Man and Captain America. And Thor. And Thor, yeah. Yeah. But I would say more so Iron, yes. America, Iron Man and Captain America. But obviously you could throw Thor in there because it did air before. Right. But, you know. Number two, it changed comic book films forever. And this is why DC, you know, I love DC. They didn't take the chance with the Justice League because they thought it would be too, you know, too much. It would be too expensive. And we, I feel like personally, I know you needed a brand like Disney to commit to paying for it to be top notch, but also the consistency in which they release them in addition to the quality. Well, I think DC's problem was that they were trying to match Marvel shot for shot, but I felt like they didn't do the world building you were speaking of that Marvel did. So when Justice League came out, um, they were introducing so many characters and on top of trying to drive the plot, where when Avengers came out, we knew Tony, we knew Cap, we knew Thor already. But in Justice League, uh, Aquaman was new, Flash was new, Cyborg was new, um, and essentially that Batman was new almost. So mm -hmm. it was just like it should have had more standalones and just let the standalone do what they do and then build to Justice League, kind of like we built to the Avengers. And I felt like they were trying to like, no, we got to hurry up and, do, hurry up and you know, match Marvel, but do what you do. You know, it could have been successful. I, I agree. Yeah, that was my next point is that they missed the opportunity to leverage the Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah. Because you could have actually started, they could have made their own history with comic book films and only do serious films. So instead of doing Justice League, now you're doing more Jokers. Or that, yeah. Just do what you do is, is my point. Right. They're trying to match Marvel. I, I agree with that. And then because of that, you're trying to rush things out. Right. And then it's going to be a th three times as worse. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, and also, last point of Avengers. I mean, to add on to the Dark Knight trilogy, they did try with Man of Steel. Mm -hmm. However, it didn't necessarily, they didn't stick the landing for me. For you. Not for Tony, but for you. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. It wasn't even close. <laughs> Busted an ankle. Number three for this point for Avengers, original Avengers, number seven. I think I love the mo what I love the most about this film is the conflicting personalities of Iron Man, Tony Stark, and Captain America. Simply because Iron Man is all about him, but that's that's Tony being Tony. Right. And it's not like even though he's being him, he's also helping a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So again, to me, Cap is being completely too self-righteous right. with his, you know, moral compass, which we see can be, you know, which isn't as north as you claim because of civil war. Right, but I think it's just time past the more him being in a new time period. He's seeing that you sometimes you have to go over that moral line. 
where in Avengers he kind of was fresh out the ice at the time. So he still yeah, but time. again, how old was he? As a per as a human being, yes. I, don't, I don't know, thirty, thirty, maybe. Again, you learn that at twenty five, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know what we learned in the nineteen forty five. It's a different time frame. That's that's fair. However, those type of things you you do know. Okay, I mean that's fair too. I mean, again, he was in the military, right? Yes. So you already see that there's a different levels of respect for different people. Yes. So you see, there's different strokes for different folks. There's agreed. There's not going to be a total, you know. Yeah, and they all and they all, and, they, and they do cross over moral lines in the military to um, get the job done all the, the time. time. In fact, him going under this procedure was could Cross. be deemed as immorally wrong. That's true. I agree with that too. Yeah. So it's just to me, it's just one of those things that kind of you know highlighted. Was it consistent for you, him as a character? Yeah, cognitive dissonance one on one. So right, that, right. that's why I, that's why I was on Tony's part because right. Tony is fully aware of all his flaws. Right, right, right. But Cap. You know, he was not. Right. Okay. And I feel like that's one of the reasons why Civil War happened. Okay. Uh, You're on Avengers, though. Avengers 1, right? Yeah. Um, You're done with that, I think. But, yeah, I did love how, you know, when you have a common issue, it brings the team together, which I think is a great point. Mm -hmm. It reminds me of, you know, the classic alien attack scenario. Because guess what happens to the human beings on Earth if aliens are coming to kill us all? You're gonna you're gonna put away all the borders, yeah. and all of a sudden you're gonna have a lot of you know peace. Of course. So it's just it's just one of those things. Uh, number six, Logan. Three words: gritty, powerful, poetic. Love that film. Those are good words for that movie. Okay. And to me, I feel like it did a great job with a a salute to Hugh Jackman, similar to RDJ in Endgame. A great actor who is very versatile, who probably wanted to get out of the, let's say, the Disney world, you know, Disney world of things because it kind of limits you as an actor. Mm-hmm. And we all know how great RDJ is and how Hugh Jackman is. Mm-hmm. So I, I appreciated them for letting, allowing him to have a film like that. Okay. That I would say is on par with the Dark Knight trilogy in that, in that realm. Okay. It also did set up the sequels with the younger mutants like Lara or Lara, however you want to pronounce it. X-23. Right. Right. And I would honestly love to see Lara or Lara spar with Dark Phoenix. That would, you know, that would be awesome. I think that would be a lot of fun. But for whatever reason, (sighs) it reminded me how I wish there was a, a Lara solo movie as opposed to a Dark Phoenix yeah, they, they really should have been. I thought they were in development at one point, but with the whole Fox-Disney merger, it kind of went under the radar. Maybe Disney will still try it. Who knows? And again, with all fairness to Sophie Turner, I didn't really like her as Santa Stark. What? No, that's not fair. I don't like her character, Santa Stark, and I don't like her character, Jean Grey, how it was written. Okay. Which is not her fault at all. And, you know, even... As she brands herself on social media, I actually think she's cool and funny and all that. Right. But the roles that she's been getting, let's say in the in the fantasy genre, haven't been working for her. So I'm curious to see what she can do post that. Yeah, I don't really talk bad about the Starks, <laughs> my opinion. But um, I get your point about Dark Phoenix. You know, overall, I think Sansa herself had some questionable seasons, but she also had some redeeming moments too. So. Um, you know, but I definitely get your point overall. 
Number five, Doctor Strange. Yeah, let's hear about that one. I love the character arc of Doctor Stephen Strange, MD. Okay. I mean, talk about the the fall from grace, right? Uh, Car crash. Similar to the Reichenbach fall of Sherlock and the BBC show with oh. Benedict Cumberbatch. I thought that was very interesting parallels with the characters. And the simple fact that this is probably intellectually, besides Tony and Banner, probably one of the smartest people in the MCU. I agree. So I, I thought it was great to see another... You know, as an intellectual, it was great to see another intellectual. So you say. Go ahead. Obviously. <laughs> Number two, it set up a type of trilogy that I'm anticipating for not only Doctor Strange, but also Black Panther 3. I know this is probably like five to six years, eight years in the future. Okay. But I could definitely see them bringing back Killmonger for Black Panther 3 and also bringing back the gentleman who at the end was stealing the power back. Oh, uh, who was in 12 Years to Save. Yeah. I, and I don't know how to pronounce your name. I'm sorry. But yeah, I'm not going to botch it. Uh, I think it's Shiwi Okafor. Uh, you probably got it. Eric. I don't like that. But yeah, he's a great actor, actually. I like him a Wonderful lot. Wonderful actor. Yes. So I can see them bringing, similar to how Iron Man 3 was kind of in terms. Yeah. Yeah, I just feel like it, it would rhyme like that for, yeah. for all three, for those movies as well. Uh, and also Doctor Strange, I love how they, you know, they introduced the different multiverses. That's true. So I thought that was a great, and also the Power Stones, you know, mm -hmm. Infinity Stones. Things also like the that. Ancient One, uh, Tilda Swinton. She was amazing in that movie she too. She was great. Yeah. Very uh, Kill Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Number four, Thor Ragnarok. Which is interesting because in Norse mythology, Ragnarok actually means the fate of the gods, which makes a lot of sense. So, I had a wonderful story arc for Thor. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, by by the time the end game came, I thought, you know, Thor was. I was about to give up on Thor, going into you know Infinity War. Excuse me, not Endgame, but Infinity War. Uh huh. But seeing Ragnarok, because I didn't see it in theaters, but seeing it on Netflix leading up to Infinity War, because I was watching a lot of movies before I saw it, I was like, oh, okay, Thor, now we're back. Now I can actually take you serious again. Okay. Right? So you can understand my true disappointment at Endgame, which we'll get to in the future. Mm -hmm. uh, second part was that new powers that made the hammer that was destroyed and lost... Well, not destroyed. It was destroyed by Hela, his sister. Yeah, but not lost com right. completely, but mm -hmm. it made it irrelevant. True. God of Thunder. So you're not the God of Hammer Store, <laughs> even though you're a bit hammer-headed at times. Great line. Yeah. And it was self-actualizing self for the purpose in his life. I mean, he was a young fellow at, what, 1,500 years old, yeah. something like that. But in terms of his, let's say, aging process, probably similar to... Baby Yoda. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's true. So, yeah. That's, Quote, unquote, Baby Yoda. Right. It's right. Funny. Number three, Endgame. So, what I appreciated the most about Endgame is that it completed the saga the right way. Right. So, I wish Game of Thrones did that. Yes. So, we talked. that was our first talk. We talked about that. And I hope Star Wars, since you're in the family now, learned from how you complete a saga. Because you have the saga of all sagas with the Skywalker saga. We're going to find out 13 days, aren't we? So 
We shall see. <sighs> but yeah. A little nervous about that one, but we'll see. And hopefully, Kevin Feige had some type of, you know, fingerprint, handprint on this project, at least a little bit, because I would feel a lot better about it. Yeah, we're talking about Kathleen Kennedy, too, in a little bit. Yeah, but, uh, and her overstepping <laughs> in the production process. Right. The Dark Knight Rises, number two. Wow, this is an obvious choice. Oh, for sorry, um, excuse me. My second reason uh for endgame it was authentically heartbroken and triumphant okay so josh had tears of joy and pain watching the team together for the last time and for the third reason giving a proper salute to the core avengers and a nod to the new ones going forward okay so they you know they opened the door it, it just reminded me of the last endgame scene reminded me of when you're playing video games and you get to select a character you mm -hmm. know like which character you want to pick that's what that final stand up right. just kind of reminded me of that. All right, number two, The Dark Knight Rises. I think it put a, a nice bow on the trilogy and it stepped up the quality of superhero films as a whole, personally. Okay. Similar to how Spider-Man did the uh, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. I don't remember that. It was a long time ago. Well, here's the thing. I'm fully <laughs> certain that without that Spider-Man, there are there is no MCU. There's there's no Dark Knight. I agree. So they realize that okay, it can be commercially viable, but also gritty. Yes. And I think no one has done that better than Christopher Nolan thus far. I think the second would be Logan. Yeah. And the comic book genre. So mm -hmm. we'll see going forward. And put joker in that category as well yeah which we'll talk about soon maybe we should do a, um at some point uh all time comic book list so we can see where you do rank your toy mcguire spider-man's at that I point i mean that that we're heck we're gonna have to wait for that i know not, not at some point it could yeah. be next year or some fine point yeah, it might have to be like five years five years right so it's kind of like similar to some a player like michael jordan kobe bryant or lebron james okay so you're going to have to actually have proper perspective and look back. Okay. So, so we talked about this earlier. Even looking back, we absolutely love Inception. Yes. So you just give it give it that time to breathe. Let it breathe. Same thing with Endgame. I got you. Okay. So, yeah, because like you said, there might be a recency bias. Right. And we live in that recency, you know, cosmic we do. digital universe of instantaneous. Yeah. So let, you Instant know. gratification. Right. That's true. All right. So, also, Dark Knight Rises, uh, I love how throughout the entirety of the trilogy, trilogy, Christopher Nolan made it possible for a man to be a multi-billionaire and exist as Batman in the modern world. And what that actually looks like on a character. So, we saw him build up to that and Batman Begins. We saw where it pushed him to go mm -hmm. in the Dark Knight. And with the Dark Knight trilogy, we saw what it actually took for him to actually step away completely. Okay. okay. And essentially fake his own death. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Uh, and then I love how in Christopher Nolan fashion, it left the door open to, you know, sequels, possibly. Right. Similar to how, you know, just like how Joseph Gordon-Levitt could have been Robin. And, you know, with being the leader of the orphanage. They should have did that, actually. But. This is what I'm you know. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this is what I'm saying. They didn't, they didn't leverage. Right, right, that, right. That's right. why I was, you know, disappointed. Mm -hmm. And it actually rem reminded me a lot of the end of Inception. 
Okay. Because it opened that door, like the possibilities, right, which right. Christopher Nolan is great at. And number one, Infinity War, the storytelling of the Russo brothers, magnificent. And, yes. the, and the filmmakers, the lady that we learned about from the casting. Uh, yes. Everyone top notch, bringing it all together, especially for that type of production, because that was the first time we actually saw the fruits to the labor of Avengers 1. Mm-hmm. By having an intergalactic battle with an intergalactic foe of Thanos. Right. And the collection of profound story arcs. So Iron Man, Tony Stark, Thor getting Stormbreaker, Thanos, obviously the essential protagonist of the film. Right. And Doctor Strange, obviously. And the wonderful fight scenes and a complete journey because Thanos won. You won. But again, we, you know, we as an Avenger, right? We gave it everything we got <laughs> and you still lost. She went for the head. <laughs> You're up, sir. Okay. I mean, that's a great, I joke, I all joke aside, that's a great list. And the great thing about um, film going in general, including these type of genre films, is that we all see them differently and we all have a good time with them. So there's no right or wrong, you know, list. I, I urge you all to watch all these movies because they're all very enjoyable. Yeah, I think I'll I'll probably watch Into the Spider-Verse and Venom. Those are probably going to be the first two. Um, okay, that's, that's good. So, so you learned some things. So I'm going to start my honorable mention. Also, I promised myself I would say this because I remember Venom was on somebody's list. Uh, it was on... Um, uh, Nate's list. Tom Hardy, Christopher Nolan. Yeah. What are you guys doing? I need you guys to start doing Bond movies. That would be pretty good. Now that I saw the trailer. Yeah. And we'll, I, we'll, we'll get to the trailer. Right. And we'll talk about that, right? But yeah, your list. Okay. So, um, honorable mention, I'm going to start with Black Panther, which nobody's ever heard me mention because it's not in my top 10. However, I've probably seen Black Panther more than any movie on this list. Why? Only because I'm a black person, <laughs> and um, but all jokes aside, because a lot of people want to watch Black Panther who I'm with. So whether I'm at like a family member's house, whether I'm uh, at a girl's house, whether I'm, you know, with kids, it was that type of polarizing movie for our culture that is constantly watched. So I've probably seen it several t- uh, several times, and um, it was very polarizing. I agree. Yeah. So, um, and and, and you know, I'm I, it's um. The story is great. It's a great actual film, like Black Panther. Like the the story, and then when you go back and you realize certain things, like I watched it twice the first week, opening weekend. That's what I normally do with more movies. I watch them twice the first weekend. And I remember the second time, I caught stuff that I didn't catch the first time. And I didn't catch the first time. I believe that that was uh, a. Killmonger's father at the beginning. No, I knew that part, but that the uncle was in the house the whole time. Uh, right. Zuri, Zuri, or whatever, was um, who who was uh, Forrest Whitaker's son playing him as a youngster at that time. Um, I didn't realize that at the time. And you did, you know? But you learned it in the film, huh? You learned it in the film. I don't. The, there's a part in um when Killmonger fights Black Panther uh, in the water when he says um uh where Killmonger says um whatever to you two uncle what do you call him uncle whatever it was because he grew up with him as an uncle but the film was so loud at that moment in my first time and it was so like excitement i didn't hear everything that was happening that's what i'm saying 
Um, so when I watched it the second time, I thought he called him uncle because he saw him as an uncle because he was his dad's best friend. But we saw him in the flashbacks. It was revealed. What do you mean it was revealed? That he was there. Yeah, but it was revealed, but you saw the kid like outside playing. Like you never saw the kid and him interact, right? And then, even in the flashbacks. Right. So then at that point, you realize they were, they, that, that they may have interacted a lot his whole life and they were close. Well, he, he was his dad's uh, second in command. Yes, but I, I didn't mean, realize it the first time. Uh, Mike, the come second on. time took come me on. a little bit. And how did you know it was Killmonger's father in the beginning, saying the story of Wakanda? Killmonger's father. No, not when I, not when he first came in. I didn't know. I mean, when I watched the movie, I'm saying. So that's what I'm saying. What you what you missed the second time? I was like, that'd be one of the <laughs> things. Um, it, it, it's a few things. Um, the 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 um the uh, NWA poster in the background when they had the. Uh, the um, the 1991 flashback scenes, little stuff like that, I didn't recognize the first time. I'm a movie goer, so little l- l- little things I feel like make movies better, and I feel like you know things are placed for a certain you know certain thing, and that was around the time, and also to realize that was 1991, so the L.A. riots were going on. So when um, Killmonger's uh, father was saying we need these weapons as a black culture because things are going on outside of Wakanda right. that you don't even know about. And we think about how bad the L.A. riots were, the Rodney King beating, and that was the exact year that the father was living in L.A. You can see how he might have been saying, bro, these white cops are doing a lot of stuff to us, and we got a lot of technology in Wakanda. So when you start realizing that correlation, if you're a person who really, you know, know about that time frame with Alive or, or, or know about it, it really hits you. If you're maybe 20 years old, you know, those 1991 riots and, and – um, Rodney King's verdict, it might not hit you as much. Right. But for someone like me, going back a second time, I started realizing why he wanted the weapon so much, especially at that time. So stuff like that. What I didn't like was but okay, so it's a great film. Um however for me. However, my favorite word. Um <laughs> it wasn't a great comic book film for me. The stuff I just mentioned had nothing to do with comic books, right? The Rodney King the um, all that stuff. So it was a great film, a great comic book film. Mm-hmm. I feel like the fight scenes uh, weren't that weren't done that well. Uh, for me, the CGI was was very um, the fight scenes. Now the CGI, again, I didn't notice, but again, you see movies a lot more than I, so that's number one. But number two, you telling me the choreography in the water was not top notch. The um, the fights for the throne were were, were done well, but the the fights. Um, I guess I'm more talking about the fights in the CGI, the fights in the Black oh, in Panther. the field, yeah, in the field. Oh, with the rhinos in the field, and then the Black Panther fight um, by, by the train between the two Black Panthers. I just felt like they weren't done well. Even the fights themselves, as well as the CGI, I didn't think was done well. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. And also, just because of the extras that I feel like you've already seen, what we learned from Ryan Coogler is that he kind of set the stage for how Infinity War would fight in Wakanda, so they were able to make improvements personally. I agree. So that that's also one of the things as well. But what I also learned, and you know, factually, it's not just what I visually saw. I saw it visually, but then I learned later on that the CGI budget wasn't that high for Black Panther, which is why it wasn't done as well as what other movies had done it before. So, you know, you learn things as you go along. And, and, and listen. Hands tied behind. Ain't, ain't that something? Oh, but man. people like you or people like someone else, average moviegoer, might not see what I see. So I get it. You know, when it comes to those type of things. Well, here's the thing. I truly, if I, again, if I go consciously decide to go see a movie, I'm going to fully immerse myself. Right. So I'm going to suspend my disbelief. Right. 
type of thing. Right. So again, what like you said, the points of the movie, the themes of the movie, it you know was beyond CGI. Yes. And we kind of we understand the you know what was happening in the battles, and like you said, it's less of a comic book film. Yes. So I feel like it shouldn't be you know judged on comic book standards that have the budgets to go with those standards. Because like you said, now if it had an Infinity War type budget, I think Cougar, you know. Right. But however, it's in the comic book genre. So because it is, it's worth honorable mention. But if I were to say film to film with another film. Wait, is it honorable mention number 10? No, it's honorable mention. It's not even on top 10. It's honorable mention. I just want to tell you why. Because people always ask why I like Black Panther. Uh, because it was on your list. It was never on my list. It was. It was never on my list, Josh. I guarantee you that. You go back and listen. It's never on my list. I swear you mentioned it. No, I'm not. I have, I have, I have, I have problems with the just the comic book part of it. And I think because, again, we talked about this earlier. Claw. I thought it was so underused. He was a great villain, and I thought he was underused because of the whole, you know, my brother's keeper type of uh, element they were adding to the film, which is fine. But I just felt like uh, things like that kind of disappointed me uh, in the movie. Um, what right. Wonder Woman? I got in there. Honorable mention. Um, <laughs> a lot of what you said. I'm not gonna go, 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 go over it again, but uh, it's a good film. I thought. I thought the. I thought the fight scenes were good. So this is gonna be top ten. But it was a good film. Civil War. Civil War is tough not to be in my top ten. Honestly, Civil War is very tough. Civil War is so good, and I was on Tony's side too. And the airport scene is one of the best. One of the most visually stimulating scenes in comic book history, um, because of all the the back and forth between the people fighting each other, mm-hmm. and then that last scene, like you said, where Tony finds out that Cap knew that when a soldier killed his mom and dad. I love that part, and I love the differences in too, like the part where Captain America is like beating him up, and then Friday says, "You can't win, you can't outbox him," but then he says to her. Um, you know, diagram all his fighting moves, and the, and the machine times out Cap's punches, and then he starts winning and stuff like that. And I thought that was a great, like I'm using my brain while using your brawn, you know, type of deal. So I thought that I thought that was good. Which is why I think a Joaquin Phoenix and you know Robert Pattinson Joker would be fantastic. But I digress. Okay. Um, but it didn't make the top ten. Um, basically because the villain sucked, and he really didn't want to do anything in the end. For me, for comic book film, the 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 two superhero uh, teams versus each other that was cool, but the actual villain Daniel Brule, who played um, forgive me for right now, but I thought that um he sucked, and then it set me up for failure because they had those three or four Winter Soldier s type of soldiers in water. I thought we would see like them get together and fight them at some point, and when he killed them. I kind of felt like okay, well, they, they they missed the the mark there with that a little bit, All right. uh, in my opinion. All right, my top ten though. All right, number ten, The Dark Knight Rises. Of course, great Nolan film. Um, Bane. Um, he wasn't Joker, obviously, but some of his he was kind of like um, almost um, Thanos esque in his delivery and his confidence. And when he says to Batman. Um, uh, I was born in the darkness. He just adopted it. Like I love that line. It just you feel in charge. <laughs> yeah, like, I love that. He's like, bro, you think you dark? Like 
you know what you know you know I grew up at like you know so I just I I love that very very Darth Vader esque yeah and then that that first um the first scene with Bane on the air, on the airplane was really really oh that set the tone I love that right <laughs> oh my god was that was that really good um proper cult yeah yeah so I thought that was good too I liked uh Gordon's art in that movie actually and I thought that um huh. okay. you know him. Yeah, moved up at this point. Being um, found out as a liar. Gordon? Oh, because, yeah, he lied about uh, uh, Two-Face. He wrote a letter. Yeah, Harvey Dent. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I like his arc. Ah, and the Gotham Stadium was based in Pittsburgh, which is Heinz Field. That's why you love this movie so much. You and your Steelers, isn't it? That's true. No. <laughs> but I like that. I like his arc. I like that the, um, when the police rally to like get rid of, you know, go against Bane at the end. Didn't necessarily like um, her Catwoman that much. Um, and Hathaway. And Hathaway's Catwoman. Selena Kyle. That much. Selena also, Kyle. that's also going to be a, a lady that we're going to talk about in the future. Selena Kyle. Would you true. marry, date, or just have a passionate superhero night with her okay um but overall it still made the top 10 like he said it was um it was gritty it was dark had all those christopher nolan beats throughout the movie great cinematography it was score was great um the ending uh, left you a little bit you know but it was still good it wasn't dark knight level but it's against a nolan film man they're, they're none of them are bad to be honest with you so uh number nine this is low and it's crazy when you hit it, but it's Endgame. Endgame is number nine for me. And so you would read why you like it. I'm going kind of mix why I like it and don't like it. So. Oh, you know, I can get into why I don't like it. I know, I know, I know. But I'm, you got the stage, sir. Go ahead. So, <laughs> so Endgame for me, um, why I like it, again, it did wrap up the whole 10 years of the MCU. I felt like um, it answered questions that you may have had over the last 10 years. Like, you know, if the if the um, ancient ones, um, if their place is in New York, what was she doing? Why the uh, why they were freaking um, aliens were in, in here in 2012? Oh, she was helping them fight. You know, little things like that. You know, I kind of liked um, by by answering that. I like the uh, introduction of time travel for them. Mm-hmm. I thought I thought that was pretty cool. That last um, uh, fight um, in in the rubble after the. Uh, after he after he blew up Avengers Tower, spoiler alert, of course, um, was really really. Uh, it wasn't towers, HQ, right? HQ, Avengers HQ. I'm sorry. Um, was really really good. Which is where we're recording. It is HQ, but however, for me, what I didn't like was that it was a lot of fan service there in the movie, and I felt like that took away from the overall plot. Like they knew they were wrapping it up, they knew what they had, and they knew kind of what they were coming off of. So I felt like they did a lot, and I felt like they outwrote themselves. When it comes to things you don't like, like the Fat Thor or the use of the Incredible Hulk, I feel like they outthought themselves a little bit. Like they said that they, um, Marcus and McFeely, Marcus and McFeely, who are the writers of Endgame and Infinity War and Civil War and um, and uh, Winter Soldier, so they felt like that. Um, you know, once he became the Smart Hulk, then he wouldn't have any memories of the. Rage Hawk. So why would he want to fight Thanos? Thanos didn't beat him up. He beat up another Hawk. You know, things like that. It's like you're out thinking yourself. You're, you're doing too much. Well, fans want to see him get a rematch versus Thanos. That's all you got to know. Have you got a right to make it happen? Make it happen. But I felt like 
They just kind of. Oh, so you're saying this is the uh, Jon Snow versus the Night King battle you want? Yeah, kind of stuff like that. Like, I didn't, I didn't want that after he got chipped. Nah, let let the uh, let the team take care of this, uh, Hulk. You're not, you're clearly not prepared. I mean, I just wanted more. I don't know. Hulk to do more. Um, not that that's my big grab. That's that's more you and Jazz is great, but um, <laughs> but I thought they did uh, outright themselves a bit. And I know at one point they said Thor was supposed to have a montage where he would get in shape for the last fight, but then decided to take it out last minute because you know it'd be cool to have him as Fat Thor, but it wasn't <laughs> whatnot. And um, I felt like things like that uh, was too much. And again, it was it was more fan service. I can see why it's so high, especially right now, because you see all the characters on the battlefield and, to- and the ending, which is why it's in my top 10 and stuff. Um, but, you know, that's why I don't like it. So moving forward, number eight, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. So I'm I thought huge... this would be number one. No. <laughs> uh, it's an animated movie. Why Josh doesn't like it. But I'm a huge Spider-Man fan overall. Spider-Man 2 was my all-time favorite, so McGuire Spider-Man, before this movie. Um, this movie, um, it, it had everything in it. It had character, it had life, it had, it had some laughter, it had um, emotional moments. Uh, you wouldn't even know it's an animated movie, to be quite honest with you. Um, it, um, it introduced um, a, um, a biracial Spider-Man, which is Miles Morales, who's half black, half Puerto Rican. Um, but also all these other Spider-Men in the movie. Spider-Gwen is in the movie and all the other Spider-Men. And I just felt like that uh, overall the story was very, very well done. It won Best Animated Film Oscar for that year. And to be quite honest with you, that movie came out in 2018 with Infinity War and, and, uh, and Black Panther. I thought that was the second best comic book film of that year. I thought Black Panther was worse than both of them, to be honest with you. But um, overall, that's my – it's down low because at the end of the day, it is an animated film. So you can do more because you're animated. So I can't give you that high because it's not really fair. Overall, it's still a great movie. Number seven, X-Men Days of Futures Pass. Um, Trash. Of the newer X-Men films, is definitely the best. X-Men – uh, first class was good, but it was more of an introduction. Uh, X Men Apocalypse was trash, <laughs> and then X Men Dark Phoenix was worse than trash. Um, but Days of Future's Past was good. It's a, it's a it's a very uh, popular storyline in the comic books. Uh, to see, I think it was kind of like Endgame esque to see the older X Men that we kind of grew up with from the uh, earlier two thousands movies. Holly Berry, the Hugh Jackman, the uh, uh, Ian McKillen, those, those characters, along with the newer characters, you know, that we have right now. The, um, uh, it's got to play Professor X though. I don't know if I can think of his name. The which one? Oh, uh, McAvoy. Okay. Um, uh, uh, McAvoy. And, and to see those people kind of in the same film and to see Logan as Hugh Jackman go interact with McAvoy who's now our new Professor X things of that nature I liked um, also liked the story and to me again it's, it's set in the 60s 60, 60, I believe where you know JFK just got killed and things like that and this goes back to my history being a history buff and being a, a movie goer but um, seeing that and how like X-Men is, 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 is um, basically a racism story which people 
do and don't realize sometimes. But they're mutants. We're black people, but it's still the same thing, right? At the end of the day. And to see that play out then was almost like it was showing what was happening to black people in the 1960s. You know, people wanted them to still be segregated. They wanted music to be segregated. You know, same type of... Right, they were treated as mutants. Right, exactly. This is true. So, to see that play out, because really, we've only seen X-Men on film, you know, pretty much in the 2000s. So, to see it back then, you know, was good. Um, and I thought I thought the fight scenes were good, good choreography. I don't know why you don't like it. And my guy's in the movie. Um, Peter Dinklage is in the movie as well. So, shout out to... Uh, Peter Dinklage from Game of Thrones. So um, I liked it because of that as well. Um, number six is Infinity War. And it really could be higher. Just so many movies that they have. But Infinity War, like you said, man, is so good. And to me, we both in agreement this is better than Endgame. And to me, first of all, it's really Thanos' movie. And Thanos' lines throughout this movie are so incredible. And it's a heist film. And is he just? They're trying to beat him. He's beating them, and it's just, and it's so good. His um, his uh, his uh, his uh, his crew that he has, you know, their lines are good, and the fight scenes on Titan, and then the fight scenes in Wakanda, you know, they're both done so well, and even Cap's appearance out of the shadows was done really well. Um, and then to see that um, Doctor Strange versus Thanos battle, Thanos battle on Titan was great. And then the the, the, the battle with Tony versus Thanos when he drew some blood finally was good. Um, seeing the Guardians for the first time interact with uh, the people from Earth, you know, I thought was really, really good. And just like, um, you know, the Thanos, when he, when he finally beats Tony and he says, I hope they remember you, like that's just like, intense right it's just like uh you know it's like it's like yo i i beat you but i do hope they remember you it's like yo that's just a dope line it's just like it, it's so good i can't even find anything wrong with infinity war to be honest with you it's just other movies are better but it, it is a great great movie um throughout uh oh and the spider-man when he died the whole mr stark mr stark i'm not feeling so well that also was gripping kind of like the tony scene and and endgame stuff like that because he's only a kid you know thinking about that so um it's really good. Uh, Logan, number five. Logan could have won Best Picture of the Year that year. It was such a good film. I think it was 2017. But it, it was such a good film. Uh, I don't remember. I think uh, under, what was it, Water or something? I don't know. Hmm. Uh, look that up for me. Um, but Logan um, was really, really, really good. And it um, see him taking care of an older um, Professor X at that time. Uh, see an older Logan still being gritty and and uh, it being set when it was set, like Josh said, X twenty three, and 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 her fighting skills and and how fast she was reminds you of like an older, you know, original Wolverine was good. Um, the part when they went to visit the Black family and uh, not visit, but they had to stay there on the farm. I thought that was that whole um, that whole part of the movie, which is which is really really good, and his, his death and and how he died. Again, in game esque, and I thought that um, uh, that was done with who? What, what one? You check it out. Which one? What one? Oh, okay, the Shape of Water. I said water, right? Yes, <laughs> Shape of Water. So um, which was not better than Logan? Come on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, 
I mean, perhaps it was too gory for the Academy. It, it could have been. Academy does have its problems with a lot of different things. And I don't think, you know, I, I just don't think at that point they still were yet looking at comic book films as um, films. I'm sorry. Did the Dark Knight win any awards, Migo? I mean, it won Best Supporting Actor for Heath Ledger, but it didn't win Best Picture. And it should have probably. I agree with you. But again, they saw comic book films as comic book films and whatnot. Until that night. R.I.P. Heath Ledger. I mean, yes and no, because why didn't they win Best Picture? Or why wasn't even nominated for Best Picture? Right? You know? But Baby Steps. Yeah. Yeah, You know, starting from nothing, and now we're here, I mean, Christopher Nolan. I agree. Okay. Um, His direction definitely shaped comic book films in the way they are today. I agree with that 100%. Starting with Batman Begins. Um, uh, Number four, Joker, which we had a great shout out to... uh, Another mental theater episode where we talked about Joker. Uh, people have now went to see Joker because of our our review of Joker. Really? Who specifically? Uh, my mom went to see it. Oh. And basically, uh, she had heard things about it which um, weren't true at all. Um, was like, they thought it was like she was, she was told he was practicing him like practicing and Satanism and devil worship. I was like, what? No, he wasn't at all. What are, you, what are they talking about? Who said that? A friend of hers. Um, but. Nevertheless, um, the part about the mental uh, aspect and um, people with mental um, illnesses and, and being denied from uh, health care, which is like a underlining fact of this comic book film. Um, and that part right there just made me want to go see it right away because it's so realistic to even then when it's set and today. Right. And um, and I want to go so much into Joker. We talked about Joker already, but. Even though there's no like uh, lasers or people flying around, it's just such a good film. Which Warner's in DC does exceptionally well. Yeah, based off of a comic, iconic comic book character. So again, it's it's it's, it's going to be nominated for Best Picture of this year. I'm pretty sure of it. And uh, Joaquin should be nominated for Best Best Actor. Now this year, oh my God, it's like ten great actors. So I don't think it'll win. However, um, it still was a great film. So, uh, number three, Guardians one. <laughs> Wait, as Josh laughs. Well, because you just said mental illness, so this makes a lot of sense. Uh, Guardians one is a great movie, and honorable mention. It was um, it was in 2014, and at that point, Marvel had not left the had not went to the space based movies at that time, and Guardians is not a um very well-known or popular comic book uh, at all. Some people are like, who the hell are the Guardians? Yeah. Star-Lord. Who? Right. Exactly. I don't know who you are. <laughs> As Diamond Hansu said in the first scene, actually. Who? It's very funny. Um, but when you watch it, it's just so good. And that kind of was a Avengers 1-esque, how they came together as a team. Because remember, they didn't know each other at first. And Gamora, who was Thanos' daughter, was going to get the Power Stone from uh, Star-Lord. And, but she still had disdain for her dad from now. We know why. Um, and um, to see that and the Drax character and then Rocket. Whoever thought a, a talking raccoon would play well on film, you know? So I think all that was great. And then that movie was the first one I felt like the budget got bigger for Marvel. Maybe because of all the Avengers movement money that they made. Popcorn flick. I felt like the budget got bigger. And 
when they when they introduced those different worlds and different um uh, actual planets and they had great cinematography and, and just great lighting and visuals and it just was like and most of all the soundtrack because oh spectacular that and deadpool yes spectacular soundtracks spectacular soundtracks and if and you're, apparently according to you and john queen and slim spectacular soundtrack as well and if you're 80s babies like josh and myself um you a lot of these songs you've heard in your life and they were very very you know and they methodical yes methodical and they played it the, they played it the right parts in the movie and and, and see him um you know, with the Walkman and stuff like that, brings back some memories of my own childhood and stuff like that. So, so again, that's why, again, I, I'm teasing here, but that's why it is in my honorable mention because I haven't seen things like that in film, right? Before it's executed in that way, I was like, oh man, the way the songs, the emotions, the songs have is just brilliant for the scenes. So again, a similar to, I think it does it better than Deadpool. But similar to Deadpool, right? I, I just think it does it the best that I've ever seen. I agree, and definitely the best. Out of all the comic book films, I would definitely say, um, and I like that. Um, uh, I will. I can't say that completely because of Hans Zimmer and the Dark Knight series, but you know, what's the director? Well, Dark Knight has a great Dark Knight has a great uh, score, but these are actual songs from like '80s artists. Well, the film scores are kind of also the soundtrack. Agreed. For well, like you said, it depends on the movie. Yeah. Um, what's the director of uh, Guardians? Um, the glasses guy. Uh, what's his name? He's directing Suicide Squad right now. The original one. Yeah. Well, he directed both of them. Um, it is. Come on, Wikipedia. James Gunn. James Gunn. James Gunn. His direction for Guardians one, two, and moving forward. But like for what he did with that group of outcasts, I guess, or who doesn't who weren't well known, like even like. People who I wouldn't think would like it, like our barber Jazz, he likes Guardians a lot. Like he's like, y'all never, I don't know who the hell they are, but the movie's dope. You know what I'm saying? So it's like for that, it's a popcorn flick. It's meant to do well at the box office. That's literally what it's designed for. Yeah, and, but it's and to it's a good movie though. It's a good movie, but it also uses what you said to its advantage. The fact that no one knows who they are. Let's say the majority of the people who are right. seeing it don't know who who they are. Right. So that's an advantage. You'd be like, okay, this is how we can introduce these characters in a way that people will enjoy. Let's say a mass amount of people right. who also enjoy popcorn and flicks. Yeah, Pop, I, I, I I think Guardian has caught like a word of mouth buzz though more than anything. Like I don't think the first weekend was great, but I think it was like yo, this movie's pretty good. And then kind of like trickle down, you know. I uh, mean, again, well-made film. Yeah, well-made film. In terms of film, you know, humor and satire, I would put it in the same category as Twenty One Jump Street. No way. But uh, yeah. <laughs> but oh yeah, that too. I'm sorry. Thank you for that. And the humor that happened in Guardians, which was more than what I've seen in most of these uh, Avengers films, besides Tony's quips, of course. Of course. Um, and Deadpool, but yeah. And Deadpool, yeah. So that's my number three. Number two. Um, Avengers one, and the reason why Avengers one because like you said, um, the it was the first of the team movies, and the it was the first like huge comic book film to me. Even beyond the Dark Knight and Iron Man, I mean they were good movies, but they weren't on that type of scale, right? The Hello Car- the Helicarrier being a visible ninety thousand foot plane that can stay in the air. That was just amazing, right? The, you know the visuals of that. Um, I thought Loki was better in that than he was in the first Thor. Didn't you see that in the first Captain America? 
No. First America was set in the 1940s. You never saw it. No, I, I definitely did, but they had it. It was the same type of helicopter. Uh, I remember that, yeah. You did not. It was a plane, a regular plane. There was no helicarrier in the Captain America one. It was set in the 1940s. When he came to the ice, he was in the middle of New York. It was never, you never got him there. But the helicarrier, um, I thought um, that was the first movie where we got to see uh, Samuel Jackson's Nick Fury stretch his legs. He had small cameos in Iron Man 1 and 2, but he really was Nick Fury in that movie. Um, I thought the introduction of Maria Hill was good. Um, I thought um, you got to really see the, that was the first glimpse we got a relationship between Barton and Natasha because they were never in a film together before that. That was the first time they were together. And they were like, you know, you find out they were like spies who were a team at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, the Hawk versus Thor fight on the plane, I thought was good because you start to realize how strong Thor really is. Like, you know, the Hawk's strong, but the scene where the Hawk's running and he hits him with the hammer and he uppercuts him, like, that was just amazingly done for the Avengers movie for me. Um, and then, like you said, the Tony and Cap dynamic, where, where, where you know, they're about to fight and Cap's like, get the suit. And I was sure his moral compass right there. He's like, I won't punch you without the suit. Get the suit first or whatever. Well, I would have punched him in the face if that were me. But <laughs> neither here nor there. Only because I'm like, yo, I'm stronger than you right now. Let's 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 be clear, bro, or whatever. You got no suit on. You you weren't going to hit Tony Stark. <laughs> I mean, you could try, but you just it just wasn't going to happen. <laughs> anyway, um, the Coulson character, like, that was so well casted, so well done. Um, and again, like I said, I thought Loki was a great villain. He was better than that than he was in the first Thor movie. And I thought he was very uh, 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 menacing. And, um, and and that was the first time they brought all the small characters from all the other movies together, too. Pepper Potts was in it. Um, the, um, the scientist from Thor, the Skarsgård, his name is real name. Is Eric. Uh... Eric, yeah. Er- Eric was in it. Um, and, and, and stuff like that. So what I, I didn't... I, I, I've grown to be okay with Ruffalo as a uh, Hawk or a Banner. At the time, I was so upset that they switched from Ed Norton because it was kind of very soon after Ed Norton. I still think Eric Norton is a better Bruce Banner than Ruffalo is. Um, but um, but again, it was the first time, and, and the whole New York battle where you all see them do their part, like the part where, where Cap is on the top of the car, he's telling the cops what to do. You see, his like leadership, his army type training and stuff like that. Uh, Tony. Going through the um, uh, the huge mon- just a lot with that movie. So that, that's that's still in my top two. Not not saying other movies haven't gotten better, but since that's the first, I think it's still like in my heart. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then of course, oh, and then of course number one, Captain America: The Winter Soldier, the best comic book movie of all time. Could you explain why, please? Yes, I will. So. The Winter Soldier, kind of like other ones we name throughout this list, is more than a comic book film. I felt like it was a comic book film meets Jason Bourne. Um, it was um, it was it was uh, it had secrets. It was espionage. Yeah, it proper was, espionage. Yeah, which is another reason why I think Jack Ryan is amazing. But yes, please continue. Oh, which I will watch. I promise you that. Um, Proper espionage, uh, the Winter Soldier himself, and, and as again being a person that Cap knew from his childhood, all of a sudden he shows up. I thought the oh my god, the choreography of the fights between Cap and the Winter Soldier 
were just amazing. Um, with that, Natasha's good in that movie. Introduction of Falcon in that movie uh, was, was really, really good. Uh, you start seeing the beads of how they connect everything in the movie. And that very first scene when they go on the boat and Natasha and uh, and Cap do that, that spy mission, there's no comic book in that whatsoever. That's literally like a spy film. Besides the fact that Cap's a super soldier. But besides that, it's like you don't see it. And you start to see how good the Russo brothers really are in that movie. And then uh, moving forward, um, again with this Nick Fury, the same way they're trying to kill him in a car and the, the car chase. I mean, it's got, it's got, got a car chase. It's got several car chases. It's got the uh, amazing fight scenes, the spy stuff. You never know who's going to win or lose. Robert Redford, who's, oh, my God, Robert Redford's in the movie. who was amazing. And then um, when they're, like, walking through the mall and she's, like, put on these glasses, she kisses him. I don't think there's nothing not there's, – there's, everything in that movie is done well. And, and, and everything I watched in that movie took me back to other movies. Like the mall part took me back to like Terminator 2. Remember chasing him through the mall in that movie, uh, Terminator 2. Um, and then, of course, the elevator scene, which <laughs> when, they, when Cap finally realizes that, you know, that they, 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 uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. is now Hydra and he's on the elevator, he realizes, oh, they're, they're about to take me out. And he says that line, if you'd like to get off now, you know, feel free to do so. And... <sighs> And 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 then nobody gets off, and he takes them all out and leaves, and takes out a whole helicopter, and it's just so amazing. So to me, I can't find anything wrong with the movie. So to me, that's why it's my number one comic book film, and because it uh, it um, it jumped over. That was like the first one to me that jumped over genres and went from comic book to spy. Now you see stuff like um, um, uh, Black Panther, which is comic comic book slash. Um, uh, racial epithet or something like that or or even going to, uh, forward to uh, even Doctor Strange. They're all kind of mixed now. But that to me was the first Marvel movie to do it, I will say. That's why it's, it's, my, it's my, not my number one film. And I watched it again recently. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't. Um, Recency change. bias. No, I mean, that's my point. It, it, it didn't like change for me. Like go back and watch the, um, uh, Star Wars uh, prequels again. You're like, oh, these were really, really bad. But like, um, no, okay, <laughs> definitely not Revenge of the Sith. Okay, so that's my list. That's Josh's list. How about we see? Let you guys vote and see who you think list has a better list. <laughs> what not? Yeah, but, including Tony Stark Jr. and Nate Dog and Ruth Chris. Oh, 